between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, let's hear the interpretation of that. Ebrate sotelia mesi katebe nosi pate lati nosi katebe yata Evrite prosikelia makafenta moki a mesi makionte mesi a frenti pesia Evrenta mo piesin Evrenti piesin Evrenta bo piesa Evrenti mob to come to fia pitiompia piensi Evren pies Evren pies Avrabakan piesa Avram popo piesin Avram upon piesin and piesin I am profound to piesa Eli make a piesin at and fia piesin Afro piercing, a friend piercing, I make a piercing, I'm ready to pierce, I'm yet to pierce your heart. I have come to pierce your heart, I have come to pierce your heart, I have come to pierce heart, I have come to pierce heart, a piercing of hearts. It is the piercing of heart. I am breaking truth to hearts. I'm piercing to heart. I'm piercing the heart. I break through into the heart. I am entering the heart. I am gaining access into my abode. I am gaining access into to my abode. I am bringing Aka Kanto Tanti Lakata Evante Kapion Piesi Evion Piesi Evon Piesi Evon Piesi I have come to Piesa I have come to Piesa Elemeke Piesi Evion Piesi Emiop to Piesa Evin Piesi I'm piercing out I am piercing out even by my truth I am piercing out by my truth I am piercing out by my words I am piercing out I am piercing out I am piercing out and I am converting stony hearts, stony heart into that of flesh, into that of flesh. I am piercing out to turn stone, to turn stone, to add of flesh that I can pour myself in, that I can bring the things of my matter, mercy matter, mercy, 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 weighty matter, mercy, weighty matter, mercy, weighty matter. I have come to pierce the heart for mercy, weighty matters. I have come to pierce hearts for mercy, weighty matter, for I am looking. I am looking and I have come for those hearts. For those hearts that can carry my matter. That can carry my matter. That can carry my matter. My weighty matter. Many, 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 many matter. Many, many matter of me. They are weighty. They are weighty. My matter are weighty. They are weighty. I am looking for those that can carry them and allow them to rest. That is why I have come to pierce us. I have come to pierce us. I have 
come to pierce out. I have come this morning for to pierce out. For my matter, weighty matter has come to rest into heart. It is coming to rest into heart. It is coming to place of abode. The place of abode. The place of abode. I have come to pierce heart. To pierce heart. For to raise the heart. To carry weighty matters. To carry the matters of mercy. To carry the matters of mercy. To carry the matters of the mercy throne. To carry the matters of him that sits on the throne. The mercy one. I have come to pierce your heart. That you carry my matter. That you carry my matter. For in carrying my matter, you dwell in me. You dwell in me. You dwell in me. Ah, matter. It is our matter. It is our matter. It is our matter. Even we, we've been sent. We've been sent. We've been sent. We've been sent. We have been sent. We are many sent. Sent for this matter. For they are weighty. They are weighty. They are weighty. They are not things eyes can see. They are not things ears can hear. But you are mercy. Mercy has shown you. Mercy is showing you for to carry this matter and for this cause, for this mercy cause, we have come for to show you mercy matters. Says the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Let's have our seats. to Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Amen. Good morning to you in Jesus' name. Um, please, you can greet somebody. Say, I'm happy to see you again. You look very lovely this morning. And I love the smile upon your face. And the glory upon your countenance. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are we ready to be blessed this morning? Okay, uh, let's, let's, open, uh, let's open the word. Thank you, Jesus. Um, as the, the tongue came and the interpretation of tongues came, it was just, um, I think the burden of, in God's heart for, for this season just is becoming more crystallized um, in my heart. Praise God. And he was speaking concerning, I think, the weight. We call it, I think, the weight of God. Uh, the weight of God, which is the weight which God wants to, to put upon every heart. Now, when you hear weight, it's easy to get scared and discouraged. But, you know, even Jesus Christ said that the, my, my, what, my yoke is easy. And he said, my burden, he said, my burden is light because... Um, the burden of God is, is, is only too heavy for flesh to carry. So God doesn't just give his burden to flesh because flesh cannot carry it, but God wants to raise people up with stature who are framed with stature and with strength to carry the, the burden of God. Praise the Lord. Uh, so it takes the descending of that weight is, is, is done by, by a tedious work Right, a tedious work, um, which God has to do upon the earth, and it's, and part of the weightiness of it is the kind of season in which they are bringing that work. In terms of God is doing such a God wants to do such a great, deep, weighty, and solid work um, in a season of 
so much contradiction that those people who are availing themselves to such ministry will not be doing it um, with so much ease in the natural because the natural world is framed against people having time to settle down to, to bear the burden and to receive the burden of the Lord. Praise God. Um, but thank God for, he was also talking about mercy, mercy, that the, the work that God wants to do is a, is a work of mercy. Mercy means is that which, what, what you don't deserve, right, the, is that it will be something, it will be a product of something greater than yourself acting in your life. And as long as we are giving our heart to these things and yielding ourselves to avail of that mercy, praise God, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. I just, I just feel there are so many things in the, in the scripture that have been coming to me, and I just want to flow um, as the Spirit leads by God's grace. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, in, in the, the book of, let's quickly see Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 4, and there's so much about um, the book of Ephesians um, that um, I think Paul, the book of Ephesians was a book that the Lord used to, through Paul to give explanation about the um, the, the teaching, the actual ministry of the Spirit. It was like, Ephesians is like an introduction to the, the beginning of the, um, of the actual ministry, I mean ministry of the Holy Spirit in the order of what Jesus was saying in John chapter, chapter 16 when he was saying, I have many things to say unto you. But you cannot bear them now. But how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, then he will now begin the process of guiding, guiding you into all truth, praise God. So the ministry of guidance into truth um, is, is a special ministry. We know that ministry does not begin right from the new birth, right? Because someone can be born again, but completely ignorant of the truth. Because being born again is the quickening of your spirit, but then your soul, which is where your, 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 your mind is, your heart is, and all of the inward machinery that, that's supposed to walk with God, and the, the inward machinery within you that produces the kind of life you live on the earth, that that aspect of a Christian can be void of truth. And so the ministry of the Spirit um, to bring enlightenment is, is, is a different. Paul started this chapter with chapter 1. You saw chapter 1 of Ephesians, right? We, we've seen that so many times where he spoke concerning the saints in Ephesus as being, he has heard of their faith in the Lord Jesus, the love to all the saints, praise God, but their eyes were still darkened. He began to pray for them that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, right, in the knowledge of him. So those were saints in a church who did not have the knowledge of him. And so he began to introduce them to that ministry. And he said he pray, was praying to, for them for an activity of the spirit or an introduction to ministry of the spirit, which is the spirit of wisdom and revelation and all that. When you go to chapter, you see chapter 2, 
praise God. Mm-hmm. Ephesians chapter 2, um, you'll see he began to speak concerning um, quickening, those who have been quickened, right, uh, who were dead in trespasses and sins, then began to speak about them being um, in time past which they walked, according to the cause of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh where? In the, in the children of disobedience. Praise God. And um, let's see. Um, I want us to pick it from chapter 4 now. Praise God. In chapter 3, there was also another prayer in chapter 3, where he was praying in, from verse 14, I think, where he was saying that for this cause I now bow my knees to the Father, right, of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom all the family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant unto you according to the, the riches of what? His glory that you be what? Strengthened with might by his spirit in where? In the inner man. That what? Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. You've been rooted and grounded in love. I'll be able to what? Then comprehend. So you're seeing the ministry of the spirit leading to comprehension. Right, to comprehend the length, the breadth, the height, the depth. Praise God. So you see, and then later at the end, he now began to say that you might be filled with all the word fullness of God. So you see that fullness of God, all his length, the breadth, all of those things are talking about the weight which God wants to give. To. God doesn't want souls to be empty and just floating on the earth in vanity that God wants to put the weight in soul. And the weight which God wants to put is not something wicked or evil. It is the weight of his knowledge. Praise God. Now in chapter 4, let's read from verse 17. Thank you, Jesus. Chapter 4, verse 17, it says, This I say therefore and testify in the law, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles, walk in the vanity of their mind. Praise God. You walk not as other Gentiles walk, where within the vanity of their, the vanity of their mind. Now, when you're talking of vanity of the mind of Gentiles, the vanity of Gentiles, you won't see it in looking at their, the indulgences of their of their flesh. That's not where the, the vanity of the Gentile mind is. It's not just purely in the indulgence of their flesh. Like when you think of an unbeliever, right? Uh, praise God. Someone who is just carnal. Praise God. Maybe someone who is either, you know, promiscuous or somebody who drinks and someone who smokes and all of those things. That's not, that's not, the, that's not the core of, of, the, of vanity. Praise God, it's, it's the vanity they are speaking of talking is vanity of the mind. Praise God. So the mind is the room of calculation and judgment, right? So you find that a lot of the vices of men, like those who smoke, those who drink, most of those vices, those who commit adultery and all of those things, they are done by when men are not thinking. That most of the men who do those things, if you're able to get them, okay, calm down, calm, let's think this thing through. You see, this thing you are doing right now can actually kill you. There are many things bad about these things. They won't do them. So many of those vices that manifest in terms of indulgences of the flesh, that's not the, 
that is not where vanity sits in the Gentiles' mind. They're talking about what they are saying here is something deeper. They're talking about the vanity of their thinking. That when you give them time, they go on a retreat and say, okay, I'm not going to indulge in things. I want to really calm down and think about life and then create my priority for life. That what they will come up with, with their best judgment, is vanity. That is what they are speaking. So it's called, a, it, it's, a particular, it's a particular vanity. Praise God. It's a, and that place of the mind is where Satan put his stronghold. The stronghold of the devil is in the way men think. The natural thinking of man. That man, when you leave man to go and bring your best product, your best thought. Praise God. The, and when I say Gentile, Gentile just means a, a, a person that has no godly heritage. Praise God. That there's, not, there's nothing binding them to think about God. You know, they are, when you talk about non-Gentiles like Jews, Jews, they are Jews in the flesh, and then they are Jews in the spirit. Praise God. They, the Bible speaks concerning Christians that we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit. So we who are in the spirit, we are the actual circumcision. The Jews in the flesh are a type of the circumcision. Praise God. Mommy, am I, am I, am I correct? <laughs> Amen. So the, we who worship God in the spirit are the actual circumcision. Um, those who are Jews outwardly uh, in their body, those are a type of it. Praise God. But you can call such people Jews. Praise God. But those who have who have no, no heritage of God, either by their flesh, which the Jews have, praise God, or by their spirit, which is what we have. Uh-huh. So those are the people who you call Gentiles. But you now discover that all of them, all of them, when it comes to the, the kind of conversation that they carry, praise God, and when you, uh, where you find the conversation of a soul is inside their, of a person is inside their soul. That when you now come inside the soul, you now discover that all men, most men, are Gentiles in their soul. When you see a lot of Jews, you feel, when you look at their flesh, you see the circumcision in the flesh. Praise God. Of course, the spirit is dead. And then when you look at their, their law, their book, you see the law of circumcision. They, they carry it with them and they are trying to do it. But you see that most of the time inside the soul, the soul doesn't reflect what is written. That's the problem with the Old Testament. The disparity between who the man is on the inside and what is written in his book. The life which is meant to live, he can't live it. Praise God. So he's a different man. So it means that even the Jew in the flesh is not really a Jew. He's a Jew by title. He's a Jew by book. Is a Jew by law, and then is a Jew by the covenant in the body, the circumcision of the flesh. But when it comes to the inward will and love and desire and all of that, that those men, they will still have the same kind of weaknesses that the Gentiles have. And we who are Gentiles, we are all Gentiles by ancestry. Praise God. <laughs> Unless maybe there's a Jew here, maybe one of your, somewhere your great-great-grandfather, but I doubt it, I highly doubt it. Amen. (laughs) But we who are Jews outwardly, 
and then we, got, we, we became born again. They put our own circumcision in the spirit, our spirit man. There's a circumcision in the spirit man, but we still carry the same problem. The same problem is that that thing they put in the spirit hasn't journeyed into the soul. It doesn't affect too much of our conversation and what we do. So there's no difference. When you see on the earth, all men are almost the same. We have the same passion, the same desire, the same pursuit, the same priority. Everything is the same. And, and then um, Paul was writing to this Ephesian church who, this is the same church who are born again, who in verse 1, he said, I've heard of your faith and your love toward the saints. In fact, the, 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 the report of your exploit in Christianity of faith and love has gotten to me where I was. And I began to pray for you for more insight. He praised the Lord. And you see that part of his prayers is for this church, is for them to break through into a sort of deliverance. And what are they being delivered from is to deliver them from the Gentile nature inside their soul. Is to deliver them from what? The, the Gentile word, nature, inside their soul. So if you compare the prayer of chapter 1, it says that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and what? Revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you might know what is the hope of his calling and then what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance. That word inheritance means his heritage. His inheritance. The riches of the glory of his heritage in the saints. So that inheritance or that heritage is what, they are, is what pertains to the identity of their spirit man, yes, sir. but which they are still blind to in their soul. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. In chapter 3, verse 14, he said, I bow my knees to the Father, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom all the family in heaven and earth is named. So you have the family, both heaven and earth, you are named after him by virtue of the new birth and the spirit. You've come into the identity. But I have to, he has to bow his knees to pray for them that being named after him is not enough. That, that your identity in your spirit is not enough. I have to bow my knees that he will grant unto you that according to the riches of his glory, that was riches are the riches of his inheritance. Praise that the father after which you are named he has an inheritance. That's the same inheritance that he was speaking about in chapter 1 when he said that you might know the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of what is inheritance in the saint. In chapter 3, he calls it according to the riches of his glory that then he would then grant you to be strengthened with what might. In where? In, by his spirit. In the inner man. So, Strengthened with might. So that strength of might is talking about a different strength and a different might for a different pursuit. That the souls who God has named after himself have, have an identity, praise God, inside of themselves, but the identity hasn't tampered with their pursuit. Now, the, the journey of a person is to come into the inheritance of, the, of, of his father. That when you, a child is born, a son is born, you are meant to come into what? The inheritance. So after 
you are one of the main, when your child is born, you don't name the child physically when they are old. But you see, a parent will look at the child, wow, a lovely baby. You look at their face, and then something maybe, I don't know how parents name it, praise God, but I tried to. <laughs> Amen. But the, the name is, you feel like you have to give a child a name that talks about what this child should be. Even though it's very clear to you that this child is not that thing. Praise God. Then you give them their name, that, or the name you feel that will interpret them, and then you add your own name to them. Why? They have, they've not done anything in their life, but you, they bear that name. And going through life, that name is upon them. Mm-hmm. That name is almost like a destiny. This is what you are meant to fulfill. It's your name. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the entire life is to come into the name, the name which was that, that prophetic name, which comes from the parent. Praise God. So that's the same thing. Every person who is born again, in chapter 3, verse 14, that of the father from whom all the family in heaven and earth his name. There are things which Paul now began to pray to de- for them that they will come into by virtue of the name which they have. Praise God. So let's, let's see this chapter, chapter 4, verse 17. Therefore I say and testify in the Lord that he henceforth walk. So he's now he's talking about their walk. Praise God. Say walk. walk. That you henceforth Walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Verse 18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves unto lasciviousness to walk all uncleanness with greediness. Praise God. So what we are seeing here is the, the, that thing called the darkening of understanding that brings about, and then the alienation from the life of God through the word, the ignorance that is in them. The darkening of understanding, and then the word, through the being alienated from the life of God, through the ignorance that is in them. So this thing called darkening of understanding, I want us to look at that thing. What, call, what does it mean to darken understanding? It's, it's, a, it's actually a, it's a kind of, um, Paul is trying to describe something here. It's not, it's not really a work not to make them, what was done to Gentiles, is not not to make them understand. It's not, to make them completely void, because to make a man void of understanding is to make him like the beast of the field, like God did to Nebuchadnezzar. They just remove understanding from him. That's all they, they did to him. They didn't change his genes. It's just removing of understanding. It means that all the things you understand as a man, let's take it away. As soon as they remove understanding, he just, he just dropped. He just became, he became nothing better than a beast of the field. Praise God. Now, so, but... What the devil is doing to men is not, the, is not the removing of understanding. It's the darkening of understanding. That work is a more, is a more, is a more evil work. It's more devilish. It's more devilish. It's more evil. The darkening of, means that keep understanding. Keep understanding, but your understanding can be darkness. <laughs> Are you seeing that? The, 
the understanding, with so much understanding, darkness. That how do you know that understanding is darkness? Is when understanding does not press, give a soul access to life. That's how you know any understanding that is not producing life is not, is dark. You know, the, the purpose of light is life. The Lord has showed us, he has been teaching us, what he has been teaching us, that the reason for light is life. That's, I mean, God's light too. That's what differentiates God's light from every other light. There are lights in the world. There are all kinds of lights in the world. Praise God. But the difference between the, just the light which the devil gives is also a giver of light. That's his main job. Because he knows that without light, you won't, if you don't bring light to his soul, you can't really access the soul. The soul gets the soul journeys through light. If you want to, if he wants to call a person to himself, he has to shine a light to them, and the soul will follow that light. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Praise God. So we understand then that the reason for light in the beginning was the word. John chapter one verse one, and the word was with God. And the word was God. You see, praise God. And it said, the same was in the beginning with God. And then all things were made by him. And without him was nothing made that was made in him was life. And that life was the light of man. So, so you're seeing that life is what the light of man, which God has designed for man, is, the, is that which came out of the life of God, right? That what God has designed, that every, the only thing that should, that should give life to a man is his life. That the only thing that a man, a soul should discern as light. Ah, now I understand. It should be something that came out of the life of God. That the life should then turn somehow into Understanding, you know, we've been looking at this area a lot. We've been here. He said that that will show with you are the fountains of life. With you are the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. So you see that the, the fountain of life is for the is the only way God will give His life is to turn His life into a light. Do you see that? Then the light shined forth in darkness, and darkness what comprehended. It not. What's the meaning of that? The light shined in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. Amen. We are going somewhere. I'm just trying to, amen. Um, I'm just trying to bring us, um, thank you, Jesus. I want to open up, if we can open up by, by the Spirit, different doors to arrive at the understanding. Because sometimes it's not, when the Lord wants to bring, make us see something, it's not just to say it. The Lord can see it, and it's true, and then we go, but it hasn't, it hasn't, <laughs> it hasn't, it hasn't entrance, hasn't happened. So sometimes, that's the reason why the scripture is so big. You see, it's not just five, five, five pages. If God wants to summarize everything he has to say, you can, in one page is enough. He just tell you, this is it. You guys can do anything you want, but let me just tell you how it is. This is, I am God, and uh, I am the only life. <laughs> Everything you are doing is vanity. It's a waste of time. You are wasting your whole life. And just, I will just wait for you at the end. Just come to me. Let me save you. And then the devil is bad. Leave him alone. <laughs> 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 
praise God. But if, if they do that thing, and that's the whole Bible, we will just say, ah, really? Ah, it's true. Ah, God, yeah, why? Well, I believe you. And then we'll leave it and go and do what we want to do because, because of how the, the soul is a, is a complex creature. That's why you must preach and prove. When you feel like you've preached your best message, you must be able to wake up again tomorrow ready to preach again because of the soul. That soul is a very, very complex creature. And the devil knows that. That's why he doesn't stop preaching. When you wake up, he's preaching to you. Your driving is preaching. Everything is a message. Your TV is preaching to you. Walking on the street, looking at billboards, looking at buildings, they are preaching to you. Looking at the road, looking at the newspaper, they are preaching to you. Because of the soul. The soul was here and here and here and here and here and here. Even before, to bring about movement of the soul. Before... This, before the soul can come into conviction, conviction, praise God, before the soul can come into conviction concerning a part, praise God, it, it takes a lot of hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing to what you are by through different avenues of speaking, you are opening up multitude of gates and doors. And there will be a time where so much doors have been opened towards a, a particular destination that the soul can no longer deny it. Ah, this is too clear now. This is how men ought to live. And then you begin to, to make movement. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Yes, Praise the Lord. So the Lord wants us to see this thing from different. He said that light shine forth in darkness. And darkness, darkness could not comprehend. What is the meaning of that? He's speaking of darkness as like, a, as, like an, as if darkness is a living thing yes, that is trying to comprehend. Right? But it's true that what you call darkness is the light that came from the life of the devil. Do you see that? It's not, darkness is not just the absence of light, so everywhere is dark. No, when you're talking of spiritual things, praise God, spiritually, darkness is, is, is substantive. Darkness is active. Darkness is a life. It's the Darkness is the understanding that comes from a life, the life of a fallen being, a fallen spirit, Satan, the devil. And so that darkness, if it's a light, then it means that it's also, um, it is also, if it's a light, then it means that it can also make men, it can also cause activity of understanding. Right? It can cause activity, comprehension. You see a man is trying to, I just want to, I want to, I need to wrap my head around this world. You find out, someone can study and say, the guys who really have money in this world, there are things they know. Ah, they know about how cash works, how money works. Praise God. Yeah, I know they don't just know about money alone. They don't, they don't know, they don't know in, only about how money works. They also know how how human beings are. You can't know, you can because every money in the world is in the hand of somebody. Do you agree? <laughs> There's no money just sitting down there that, uh, even though these days, I mean, the world has gotten so weird. Governments can just print money whatever they want. That's, uh, that's but, but ideally, there's not, everything is in the hand of a person. If you want to, if you want to be rich, you have to know how to, what can make this guy give me what he's holding? You understand? You have to have that kind of knowledge. Yes. So, so, the, so the problem is that how would this guy will give you the money he's holding? 
that the wisdom can, a, there are different wisdom on how to do it. There's one which the devil will teach. There's one which God can teach. Do you understand? There's, there's different. And the difference is that when you follow devil's own, you will die in the process. If you follow God, you will live in the process. Are you seeing? So it's when you, anytime you see, you, anytime there is activity of understanding, you are, every time there's an activity of understanding, there's a conversation of a life going on. Not, nowhere is just void. There's, some, there's someone's life is bringing out the understanding, is bringing out the knowledge. Are you seeing what I'm saying? So here, let's quickly go back. He said that um, having the understanding darkened, having the understanding of men darkened, and then because of the darkness of understanding, then being alienated from the life of God. So because of what the ignorance that is in them. So darkened understanding, when someone is operating with darkened understanding, and someone who's operating with darkened understanding is not, the understanding of darkness is not something that renders the person immobile. A lot of times they are doing the most activity, but the activity that they are doing is creating that, what you call alienation. That the more they, they put their effort without God's light, the more work a soul does in darkness the more death that occurs in the soul. Are you seeing that? The more activity that is done in darkness, the more death that what occurs were in the soul. Amen. So having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the word, the, the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Now, another work of darkness um, what, if you think, okay, what is, you say, what is really the life of Satan? You have to now realize that, the, that Satan, the devil doesn't have life outside the context of God's life. Right? <laughs> he has no life outside the context. I mean, he didn't just appear, yeah. even though they want to make you feel like things can appear from nothing, but it wasn't <laughs> like Big Bang and all those things. Um, praise God. Amen. Even when you meet a, de- a demon, they ask me, what about the big bang? That's a big word. <laughs> Praise God. We know that that being, Ezekiel 28 was talk- talking about how God made him. God was the one who framed him and raised him and all of that. And then, so if you see that the life which he's trying to give to men as an inheritance is a life that only has meaning. With con- it's always it's relative to God. Right? That, so... Living in darkness means living contrary to God's life. Are you seeing that? God is the reference point. That God is that reference point from where, you see the devil, where he, he came out from. He came out from. He came out of the order of life which God, God put him. God, God raised him. He was a cherubim. God raised him with, and decked him with all kinds of things and then gave him a place and a function. And then he rose up one day and said, no, I don't want to stay in this place. I want to do other things. 
I will exalt myself above the stars of God, that I will stand in the mountain of the congregation in the side of the north. He said, I will exalt myself above the height of the cloud, and I will be like what? Like the most high. Praise God. And through such ambition, he began to defile his own sanctuary by multitude of his what? His merchandise. He filled his midst with violence. Praise God. I think that's Isaiah chapter 14. Praise God. He was talking about him. How are thou falling from heaven? Oh, Lucifer, son of the morning. So, someone is a being who fell from heaven. Praise God. He's a, he's a being who what? Who fell. So, the, the life which he carries, which he wants to give to men, is a life that fell from somewhere. Praise God. It's a life that was. So, it was a heavenly life that fell. It's a fallen life. So his own life, the life which he had, which he has, initially wasn't created by him. His initial life was created by God. But what he has is the perverted thing, the perversion of God's own life. And the thing with, when you pervert something, a lot of times it doesn't lose its potency. It just loses its direction and its function. Are you seeing it? It doesn't, lose, it doesn't lose its potency. It lost its direction and it lost its function. It lost its direction. So, so when you see um, Lucifer, who is he? Simple. He's another heaven. That's, when I say he's another heaven, I mean that um, if they put him at one of the highest positions in heaven, and of course in heaven you can't stay, everybody who, every being who has a place in heaven occupies a place by knowledge. In the, in the spirit, you don't rise without knowledge. You, can't, you cannot be in the second heaven if you are ignorant about the first heaven. That's just how ascension in the spirit works. What, what makes you where you are in your soul? When you say, are this soul, where is this soul in the realm of the spirit? Where they calibrate everything? I want to put you in your place. How would they determine it? By what amount of knowledge that your soul has come into? Praise God. So, so Lucifer, cannot, he can't be in the second heaven if he's ignorant of the first heaven. And, and an angel cannot be. Let's look at those, those four living creatures, those beings who, are, who overshadow the, the mercy seat. Right? Those, if you look at those beasts, which Ezekiel saw in Ezekiel chapter 1, when he saw visions of God, those beasts who, are, who carry the throne of God, who moves according to the, the will of the Spirit, of the Almighty, those beings who are, those are third heavenly angels, none of those beings can stay in that height if they don't have knowledge of the first heaven and the knowledge of the second heaven. Are you seeing that? So it means that the height of a person is an is accumulation of knowledge that raises a soul into height spiritually. So when, that's why you see that Lucifer could not just fall by himself. When he fell, he fell with hosts. Out of every cadre of heaven, he took portion. Out of them, who are those? Those who he was able to influence with his own thought. He was able to bring his own, he said that, in, that is lying invention. That he was able to teach them and speak to them and convince them that there's another way. You see this life that we have, there's another way we can use it. There's a different vision that we have concerning this thing. He was able to talk to all of them, and they were able to fall. Praise God. So if 
all the beans of, if beans from all the stratas of heaven fell down and became the adversary of man. It means that what man is warring with is another heaven. That's what you have to understand. You are warring, you are warring with another, another cadre of heaven. It's another, in the, they have stratas, they have hierarchy, they have all kinds of beings. Are you getting me? But it's a heaven that has been perverted. So when you, if you're able to think about the function of this, of the present spiritual heaven, then think about another heaven that functions to oppose the things. So if that this present heaven can cause rain to fall upon souls, rain of understanding, rain of doctrine, rain of wisdom, all of those things, then the other heaven can also rain upon men. Rain of thought, rain of ambitions, all kinds of things. Praise God. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So when we're talking about the, the darkening of understanding, the, the darkening of understanding is, is saying, it's talking about the, the bringing in of another economy of reasoning. Praise God. How men think. Amen. Amen. And then it's bringing it to a soul and then it's, the impact of such thing is going to be let me use the word, can I use the word heavenly without making you offended? Can I use the word heavenly when I'm speaking of Satan? <laughs> we have to use that word because if you don't see, if you don't see the, if you don't see the kingdom of darkness as a sort of heavenly kingdom, you will, miss, um, you will misunderstand them and then you will commonize them and then you will feel like you can just match them and just, you, praise God, you feel like you can just, um, amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, we thought that all the devil is doing on the earth is causing sickness and making people die. You now realize that that can't be all. So all the angels in heaven, in, the, in God's own heaven, who are, who, are, who are bringers of revelation and visitation and giving of understanding, they are compatriots in that realm of heaven who fell with Satan. What is their own ministry? Did they just change and now become just maybe those who afflict, you know, <laughs> and are you getting what I'm trying to say? So, makers, those beings of heaven, hey, okay, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go to book of Psalm. Thank you. The Lord doesn't want us to stay around the surface of, it, of this. Let's, can we journey just a little bit so we, can, so we can have understanding. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Um, so the devil doesn't want us to know who he is. He doesn't want us to know how he operates. He wants us to feel like he's just a guy that has horns and everything that's, praise God. Um, and because, and if he can do that, we will, we will, uh, we will continue to, we will perpetually be in that darkness. What they call ignorance in that place we read, right? Being alienated from the life of God because of, through the ignorance that is in them. So it's, if the alienation from the life of God is through the ignorance that is in them, it means that getting born again did not cure it. Because getting born again is not, it doesn't cure ignorance. You are ignorant concerning God. You were in a service. The Holy Spirit came in your heart and they convinced you and you raised your hand and gave your life to Christ. Not in all of that experience, nothing you didn't know before has now entered inside you. You still have ignorance, ignorant about God as you were before that happened to you. Your spirit was just raised. So it means that even though your spirit is raised, you, had, you were alienated from the life of God due to ignorance. If the ignorance is still there, you are still alienated from the life. When we talk about God's life, God's life is not figurative. They are now my children. I don't matter. They behave like the devil. Don't worry. They are my children. Jesus died for them. God is not like that. Right? It's not like Satan likes that kind of thing. Before you, you, someone gets born again, all the evil spirits around the person say, ha, we hail you, you're our boy, you're our guy. You know now, you know how we do it. When it's time, we know you will display. When it's time, when, when they trust, why they trust the work that, they, that is inside you. It's the work, what they've done during the upbringing. Spirits that have been around the soul for a long time, they trust, they, they will say, we trust you. Look, we know you, we know, we know how, we know what you can do. <laughs> Amen. Then when you go and, you, and that person gets born again and comes back, you think that those, those demons just went, oh, he has got him born again. You cry. Oh, we have lost him. Hey, we are losing them. Kai, oh. all these evangelists, they are bad. Hey, we have lost him. Okay, bye-bye. We'll see you. Since you are now a child of God, good luck in your... And then, they, is that how they behave? They don't behave like that. <laughs> if, you are, if you are sincere, you know. Let's not. We, we can open Bible. I can show you from Bible, but just from experience, we all know that. <laughs> Praise God that after getting born again, because they know you are busy praying in tongues and all that, they won't disturb you too much at that time just to make you enjoy, you know, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then after baptism, then they will now come and say, ah, that thing, that thing was nice, okay? <laughs> Getting born again and all, you know, giving your life to Christ. It's another dimension entirely. Awesome, awesome, beautiful. Look at how. Ah, ah. So you mean you have, not, you have joined those guys now? They will, congratulations, congratulations. Well, you know, you get ready. We, have, we still have things to do, you know, all those things we were discussing the other time. Do you understand what I mean? You can't, getting born again, you can't stop conversation flow of conversation of spirits. Spirits that have been around the soul since they were young. Teaching them, hate this, love this. People who speak this way, don't like them. They are not, uh, they don't have your, your type of, you know you, have, you know, you have a flavor. There's a flavor, you know, about you. You are not just an ordinary kind of person. There's a kind of flavor that around your own person 
Uh -huh. you, see, you see all these guys, they don't really flow with you. Your own kind of person doesn't flow with them. Spirits who taught people that. Where does class come from? The feeling of, ah, we are, you know those kind of things? things those are nature of spirits, falling spirits. Okay, so if, if in the heaven, let's say seraphims in heaven, or beings of the second heaven, if the code of their life was, was love, that they, and these are the nature of seraphims, that they, they carry brotherly love in a burning way. The nature of seraphims, the second heaven. That when you get into their midst, they are, they are, those are the stones on Zion, the, the fiery stones on the mountain of Zion in heaven. That that is their nature. They burn. It's the fire of brotherly love, which they carry. Now, let's say one of such a being now falls. So, so such a being. What? Why you coming? <laughs> Let's say such a person falls, such a, an angel falls. Now, he's still a fiery, he's still a, he's still, he's still, a, he's still seraphic, but what will be his fire? He still burns. You saw, saw Isaiah's encounter when he encountered them. He was looking at heaven, open heaven open, and he saw the temple. He saw seraphims in the temple. What happened? He, just the, the sheer, what was exuding out of them, the, the level of sanctification that their nature exuded, the, the guy just broke down. This was the prophet of God who was prophesying woe to everybody. And then the, he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell among the people of unclean. Everything about him became unclean by virtue of just sighting those beings. That's how powerful they are. Praise God. Now imagine someone, a being like that fell, an angel fell. And then, what, what is the burning of his fire? It means that inside of him, if everything about their nature is against God, it means that it can't be, it's not burning, it's of brotherly love. He has a fire of what? Of everything that can stop that kind of love to flow. And he's in that kind of power. So imagine such spirits being invested in men. They can culture tribes, culture nations, culture peoples. When you see this tribe and the other tribe, they don't agree. It doesn't matter. They, their great-great-grandfather fought. You see, somehow their new, new generation inherited the fight. They don't even know. How did this fight start? They don't know. It has been forgotten. But it's not... It's not a thing of, it's, it's beyond reason. It's just a spirit. Something has trained them to, to be against what? To be against each other. Those are, it's a nature, praise the Lord, an investment of spirits who do such things. Praise God. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Now, so the, the devil don't, don't want you to be able to see such a thing. He doesn't. So, if such a spirit is around a person, teaching them. Is, so, you can't have spirits around a soul for decades. 
and that spirit is a fire. Inside of him, he has fire, and then, and then somehow he won't light some fire inside you. So many of us, our attitudes and behavior are, are fires that, and things we have taken from spirits. Natures, attitude. What about pride? Where do we get pride from? God didn't make men to be proud. Pride is, pride is something that was a nature, nature of spirits. And you know pride have different shades and different, different kind of expression. There's the, there's the pride that scatters everywhere. There's the pride that's calm and humble. Humble, quiet. Very quiet kind of pride. When you see the spirit who ministers such things, it's a very quiet spirit too. It doesn't make too much noise. But he can impart his own word, his own nature into his soul. Amen. Amen. Um, thank you, Jesus. Now, the heavens, um, those, those beings in heaven, one thing we have to know about heaven is that God, God designed heaven, reading from Genesis, you can see that God designed heaven for, I'll say maybe two main things. First of all, is to carry and to carry and house an expression of himself in creation, right? So the degree to, of his person that creation can take, which is not his eternal estate. I mean, the being that spoke, let there be light, or the one who created heaven and earth. Such a person who did that is not living in creation the way he was outside of creation, right? Because creation can't house that kind of, the, the fullness of his eternal entity. So he has to, when he made the heaven, he had to now make heaven into something that can carry an expression of himself, which is his everlasting sort of expression, which is in heaven. So that's one of the main reasons for heaven. So heaven serves a purpose, and you understand this from reading the Bible, it's very clear to you that heaven, the, one of the main reasons for heaven is to house God. It's, but heaven can't really house him fully. But there's a way that heaven, by virtue of his throne which is set in heaven, God actually has to descend into his throne in the present heaven. Because the present heaven is, is a creature. He, he created it. So something that he created... There's the way Paul put it. He said, but Paul, Paul said that every builder of the house has more glory than the house. A, a man, a man, this is, and this is the law that somebody cannot create something more glorious than himself. It's not possible. If you created something and then, by, by, I know glory comes from skill. What produces glory? Skill, wisdom. How much skill is involved? When it's done brutally and rash, there's no glory. Because anybody, a dog can do it. Let's say you just bring a, a dog and it just matches something on, a, on the ground. And I say, oh, what a beautiful art. No, anybody can do it. Whether I bring a dog, bring a monkey, bring anybody, they can all do the same thing, just anyhow. But when you bring a person who has an artistic mind, and give him a canvas to create patterns. Are you getting what I'm saying? And those things will be work with skill and wisdom. After a time, you will look at what was drawn or what was designed. You will see some glory on it. 
Whatever that guy did, it came out of wisdom inside of him. So that thing can never be more glorious than the man. You see the concept of, of glory. So glory, through how, you, how they transfer glory, is through wisdom. Right? It's through work of wisdom. When you see, wow, what a beautiful house. When you see a house that is beautiful, you're looking at the glory of a man. It's a, it's a person's mind. That mind that produced such a beautiful edifice is glorious. The wisdom he has inside of him is what he now gave expression to. And when you see the outward design, it's actually the glory upon it is the glory that came from him. It's the same thing I've been saying for some time that how they built the, the, the tabernacle and God had to come and give that a tabernacle that will take my glory, I must give you the pattern to build it, Moses, and say, and see that thou build everything according to the pattern, because if you don't build according to the pattern, my glory cannot come. So it is the wisdom and the work that does what, that creates the glory. So, so, when, so when God created the present heaven, even though heaven is glorious, heaven, heaven was a, is a work that was made to carry glory. But there is no way that heaven can be more glorious than the glorious God who created it. And from the scripture, you will realize that the present heaven is not even the most glorious thing God can create. Because at the end of the Bible, you know, so he put this first one away. He said, I, behold, I, I saw a new heaven and a new earth coming down out of heaven from God. Another one, another it's called the new creation. That will even, he said, I saw a new heaven descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Are you seeing that? Having what? The, the glory. So it's very clear that it has the glory because it descended what? Out of God. The present heaven and earth, they didn't say descended out of God. They said that that one, God created it. What someone created and something that, this, that came out of him, they are not the same thing. So that's what makes the present creation um, inferior to what, will, what the new creation will be where the new one came from. Is that that new creation is a new creation that came directly out of him. So because of that, it will have God's own glory. Praise God. So you see in this present heaven, like I, was, I said, that the present heaven is meant for two things. First of all, is to carry is a present sort of habitation. It's not really the full habitation of God, but a habitation that God can dwell in the present creation. But then the heaven now also has a different function, which is to, is to be the... Heaven is, to, is the temple of ministry to the earth. It's to house God, number one function. Number two function, to bless the earth. To bless the earth or to minister to the earth. To bless the earth or to do what? Or to minister... What is it blessing the earth with? That which the earth does not have. What the earth does not have. What the earth needs. Something that is above earth. That the same way the physical earth is blessed by the physical heaven. 
which is, they call it the firmament, right? Where you have the cloud and all of that, which, which carry water that the earth desperately needs when it's time to release the water upon the earth. It controls the precipitation of the earth. I see in the dressing of the earth. If heaven say, I'm not ministering to the earth again, I'm angry. What will happen? The earth will begin to look different. After a while, the green earth will no longer be green anymore. After some time, you will see even the ocean begin to get depleted. <laughs> do, you, do you realize that? Do you know that the water in the sea belongs to the heavens? The water that is on the ground. That even though God created it and then divided it and put waters above and waters below, praise God, the water that is on the earth is natural place, it's not that, that sea. If you let, just don't let sea, let heaven stop raining. You see, the water will start traveling up. It will start, if it's okay, well, we are living on earth. Bye-bye, we'll see you guys. All this. When the trees will be crying, what will happen? All the living crazy fish will be begging, please, water don't go. What I will say, please, we have to ev- evaporate. We have to go. Do you, are you got what I'm saying? The, so, so, it, so it's very clear that the blessing of the earth is giving even the physical. Physical things explain spiritual things. That the heaven is designed to bless the earth. You see, evaporation will happen. The waters will go up. After a while, the heaven will send them down. It will cause it to rain upon the grass, to keep the grass green. Keep the grass green. There are organisms on the earth that need that water to survive. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the reason, one of the main reasons for heaven is, for to, is to sustain the life of the earth. We're talking of just water. Water is just one side of it. How about the great lights? that are in the heaven, which God put. And God said, I put them for times and for season. If heaven said, we are shutting down sun, no more, Let's, we, are, we are going. No more moon, no more sun. What will happen? The things will begin to happen. Plants can no longer make their food. They can no longer eat. A lot of problems. Are you getting what I'm saying? So what I'm just showing you is that the, the life of the earth is tied to the heaven. That heaven, for, earth, for life to continue on earth, heaven must be blessing the earth. And heaven must never forget. If heaven forgets to rain for some time, earth will start crying. You're walking around the earth, no more green anymore. I sometimes watch my lawn. After some time in the summer, when rain doesn't fall for some days, color will just change. Things, it's like you're living in a different country. All of a sudden, things will just change. Why? Because of the dependency that the earth has on what? The heaven. So this, that spiritual side is just is, is a, is a metaphor is a metaphor, and God created the visible things according to Romans chapter, chapter 1, that the visible things that are clearly seen, they actually what? They, are, they speak concerning what? All the invisible. Say all the invisible things of God are clearly seen by the things which are made. You see, even his eternal power and Godhead means there are things about the visible, visible things that teach concerning God. Praise the Lord. And so, so the heaven, one of the main reasons for heaven, I said, is to keep God and give him a, a, a habitation in the present. And is also for the what? The blessing of the earth. Now, how does heaven bless the earth? Heaven bless the earth. The main reason why heaven bless the earth is by, is by light. Right? Or 
it's by light. We saw it physically, light, then you see water. Now, you see these things, light and water. They are metaphor for knowledge in the Bible. So that the knowledge of God or the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Right? That water is synonymous with knowledge. Water is knowledge. Water is knowledge. Praise God. Praise God. Light is also knowledge. So, blessing, the blessing of heaven is knowledge. So, if a soul say, oh, I have been blessed by heaven. And say, okay, what did heaven bless you with? And you say, I got a car. You have not been blessed by heaven. That is not that. What I mean is that you can get a car without heaven being involved at all. That's my point. That heaven, praise God, heaven, are you understanding what I'm trying to say? That anybody who is counting blessing, you count. Ah, God bless me this year. You count. This one came. That one came. God did this. God did that. And they check everything that came. They don't find knowledge there. That you've not counted blessing. You've not counted. That's not blessing. It means that. And as a Christian, don't be without blessing. Don't, don't live without blessing. Don't live. You cannot. You cannot. You cannot live without being blessed by heaven. The same way a plant cannot say, I don't need heaven anymore. I don't need heaven. Heaven, your own is too much. You're making younger. I can do without you. You can't. How you make your food, your photosynthesis is based on the sun, which, the light which comes from above. You need the water which comes from heaven. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God. So every soul, no soul on the earth should be without what? Heavenly blessing. Heaven was made to, this, was designed to bless the earth. Praise God. And so, every soul must constantly, must be living by blessing. It must be living from blessing to blessing to blessing to blessing. Without the blessing of heaven, the soul cannot be enriched. The soul will become poor. You have poverty of soul. That's why you can see a person will accumulate so much things on the earth and be wretched on the inside. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I mean, there is... There's lean anytime the soul that was the kind of that was what was being demonstrated in the wilderness when God sent down type of heavenly blessing, which was manna, heavenly food, and was feeding them. And they began to complain, We don't want this one, give us meat to eat. Meat is earthly food, flesh. Then God said, Okay, no problem, it will rain quails. Quails began, and those quails they didn't come from heaven because quails are not heavenly food. They, must, they might have come from quails that are flying. And God must have, might have just there's a way he can do it, we just cause them to just Send them to the wilderness. Okay, fly there. <laughs> they began to rain, and the people, they ate and ate. And the Bible says they were fat, but they sent leanness to their soul. There was leanness. It means that what makes the, the soul fat is that which cometh from heaven. It's just the scripture teaching us things that you can, have, you can look fat on the outside in the natural, but the soul will get lean 
only a soul that heaven has rained upon can be fat. Means that no soul can become fat without knowledge. Yes, the knowledge of God is what brings what? Fatness. Fatness. Bless, say blessing. Yes. Blessing is good for us to understand blessing. Blessing means things that came from heaven. Things that, there should be things in your life that came from heaven. Say, ah, what are you thinking about? Ah, I'm just thinking about all this, uh, something. How many things do you think about that came from heaven? How many, if they take the, count your thoughts. How many of your thoughts are blessed? How many of your, your meditation are blessed? How, how much time in a day do you spend thinking about things that are blessed? Is it bad to think about earthly things? No, no, that's not my point. That's not my message. If you're thinking that, you don't understand my message. Praise God, because you are, you are to live here on the earth. You are still on the earth. But I'm just telling you that Everything you think outside of God's knowledge is taken from you. Do you get what I'm saying? Because they are designed to take what blesses you, what adds to you, is, is thoughts that come from above. Amen. Things that come from above are the things that bless. Praise God. When... When Jacob was to bless, Isaac was to bless Jacob. Isaac was to bless Jacob. When Jacob did all his things to call for the blessing. And then Isaac began to speak. When he, he smelled him and everything, he said, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field which the Lord. Therefore, he will give to you the, the dew of heaven and of the fatness. That was the language of blessing. You can't separate you can't talk about blessing if you're not talking about things coming from heaven. You must, any, any conversation that doesn't involve things coming from heaven to the earth doesn't involve blessing. Yes, sir. Are you getting yes, sir. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. So what are the things that come from heaven? What is heaven pregnant with? What is the light that heaven is pregnant with? What is that which heaven is so desperate to give to the earth is the knowledge of God. Let's see Psalm 104. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Psalm 104 verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, thou art very great, that thou art clothed with what? Honor and what? Now what God is clothed with is not is not a garment like this. God is not wearing stuff like this. Praise God. God, um, God is a spirit. What, what will a spirit wear as cloth? Or uh, what will he wear as garment? What, is the, what are the ornaments of a spirit? Like, like God. What will he wear? Now, so what things constitute the honor and majesty of God. The honor, what makes God majestic in his being? What is he wearing? What is upon him that gives him so much honor? Of course, it cannot be things that men have. They are things that are superior to what men carry. Amen. You know, one of the things we know that God wears, he wears his righteousness. Righteousness. 
We know that one thing, another thing God wears is salvation. How do we know? You will know because the Bible, these are the things that the Bible says they want to clothe us with. Praise God. He said he will beautify the meek with salvation. Right? That word beautify means he will clothe them with salvation. Praise God. So God, that word clothed with honor and majesty, verse 2, who coverest thyself with what? Light as with a garment. So verse 2 is explaining verse 1. Right? Verse 1 is saying that you are clothed with honor and majesty. Verse 2 is saying you cover thyself. So that cover thyself with light as with a garment. So it means the garment which you are clothed with is light. Praise God. So light, then who stretches out the heaven like a curtain. Now, I want to put it to you that God is in, in his eternal past. didn't need to wear a cloth. In his eternal past, I mean before creatures like you came, before he created angels, before he created you and I, before he created men, he didn't need to wear a cloth. Because he wasn't, he wasn't hiding himself from anything. God wasn't hiding himself. I love that song that says, You are God all by yourself. Amen. But God was, God, from where he's coming from, God was alone by himself. He's, he didn't, the concept of being clothed wasn't a need for God or for covering. It wasn't a need for him to create a covering for himself. But God, when he, 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 he started the project of creation, he then had the need to, he, he had the need to cover himself. There's a, a lot of reasons why he must cover himself. Amen. For his, because he himself is a blessing to man. And then to, for man to get God, man must take the journey of his clothing. Man must take what? The journey of what covers God. God is not just on display for everybody to see. That fact is clear. That God is not fully what? On display for everybody to see. That for God to be in creation, God must stay in creation in a covered way. Right? That any, anybody, and God covering himself is not a bad thing. It's also a thing of privilege. That the thing with which he covers himself, if a person can come into it and understand it, that same covering can give access to God. Amen. So what God covers himself with is light. Say light. It says that thou coverest thyself with light as with a garment, and then who stretcheth out the heavens like a curtain. So the stretching out, like we were seeing last time, the stretching out of heaven like a curtain is the, uh, is the, is God stretching out his covering, right? So all of the heavens is meant to be what? A covering to God. So heaven is the, heaven is the, Praise God. Heaven is the is the 
Praise the Lord. Heaven carries the mystery of God. For every creature, heaven carries the word, the mystery of God for every creature. So heaven is, heaven carries the light that God surrounds himself. So when God was making entities in heaven, beings, angels, ministers, seraphims, cherubims, each of those entities were beings. They were, they were types of light that God had put that before you will get to me, you must encounter all these creatures. That all these beings are my covering. And then in them for, I am the ultimate mystery. But for you to arrive at me, all these beings must be demystified before you. Praise God. It's very clear that the knowing of God, you cannot separate the knowing of God from the knowing of heaven. You can't. You can't separate the knowledge of God from the knowledge of heaven. When, how did knowing God start? First of all, okay, God used to come directly by his voice in Eden and minister to Adam. Through his voice. Now, there is no way that that conversation did not have to do with heaven. We can infer that. Because after that conversation ended and men stopped walking with God, for a long time men were no longer walking with God. God destroyed the first earth, then threw it with water, and then men began to come again upon the earth. And when God said, okay, it's time to now begin to walk with men, he then came to Abraham. Right, he came to Abraham and began to teach Abraham to walk with him on a personal level. Now, the dealings with Abraham, we can't know. There is no record of God's teaching Abraham. But we know God taught Abraham. We know God, or we know that God used to bring their, their appearances. Praise God. And we know not just Abraham, there were men of that time. Somehow God found a way to give men his righteousness. Even, even Lot was righteous. They called him righteous Lot. Who went to Sodom and their, all their sins were vexing his righteous soul. There was something in him. And so God, they had gone through things. God had taught them things. Praise God. But a lot of times, God, God's appearance to Abraham was through angels. You see, many times angels bring message. The way I see angelic message, message, angels visiting men, the way I see it working is not God to say, hey, can you call me that angel, that one, that one, that's not too busy right now. Can you bring, call him, and then he will come and say, okay, see, can you call, I want to, one of my servants living in that place, can you go and tell him this? And then God will send him, say, okay, thank you, Lord. I will take your message. I won't add to it. I won't remove from it. And then the message will go, God said I should tell you. I don't see. That's not how God sends message. When you read the books that, that archive angels, read Daniel, you see the activity of angels there. You see, read Ezekiel, then read Revelation. You see that angels are not like that. That when God has a message for somebody, there's nothing that God wants to say 
that there's not an angel whose, li- whose being is that message. I don't even, I'm, I'm giving you a sense. I want to, they want to open us to heaven. They want, they want to show us the ministry of heaven. That every message God wants to ever preach, he has already preached it. It's called heaven. They are beings. So when it's time for a message, the, the angel who embodied that particular message will just come and minister. We just go and, and when the angel is, it's not, God told me I should say, you see the way angels talk? That when an angel is talking, you can assume it's God. It's like, almost like God talking to you. You see those kind of dealings. Most of the time in the Bible, it's hard for you to say, see an angel say, God said I should tell you this. <laughs> they don't speak that way. They will just be telling you things. And what they are saying, this is how it is. Mm. They, are, they, are, they, are, they are speaking from the message. Say, concerning this matter, this is how it is. Because it's, it's a message inside of them. Are they not ministering spirits who minister for them that who shall be heirs of salvation? They are ministering spirits. When you say ministering spirits, it's, talking about, it's not just a being that has a message to relay. They are beings. They are ministering spirits. They are nature ministers. That's the same way when an evil spirit is, is dealing with a person. They don't say, ah, devil said I should come and tell you this. This is something that, it's not, it's not that. But just being around you, just, it's there. You will be perceiving the nature. Some of us, one of the issues we have in our character are things we perceive from spirits. That just came around you, they, you just perceive their from perceiving the same way. If they say evil communication, corrupt good man has been around a bad person, you can pick their spirit. What about angels who oh, fell? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Are you seeing that? So, so heaven. When God, when God made the heavens, the, when he created heaven, God was writing his message. That was what God did. He write, he, God made the earth as an habitation for man, the soul, who, who were the man who should be the recipient of the ministry of heaven. Praise God. And then in throughout, look at the first heaven, the second heaven, the third heaven. They are full of ministers. They are full of beings who, by virtue of their nature. So ministering to a soul is more than telling the soul, God said you should do this. You can say that to a soul a hundred times, the soul would never do it. Because there's something about spiritual ministry is not information. It's not information. If it's information, by now we should have wrapped up this thing and would have been in heaven with God since. It's not just about information. It's spiritual ministry, it's, it's essence, it's power, it's, it's, it's what, what is it called? It's a pouring in of, it's talking about nature that is, nature that is, that is sitting with graces, gracious, Gracious work. Things that, who you are, you are by graces. 
that you have. It's not every grace that comes from God. You can use the word grace now as come from what that equivalent of grace, angels that fell carried the same equivalent of that thing. And you can give a soul a grace for to be rebellious. There are some souls that go and try and rebel the way they do. You cannot. You will get tired. You say, ah, but is this, is this the only thing? Is this what we are? You, you? And then when, you, when they wake up fresh, fresh, they have inside. No, 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 no. We can't do that. This is. You, when you bring standard laws, they have a nature to go against them, to defy it with strength. So, and their strength according to degree. Such a person. Advise him to be good. Your advice can't stop him. It's not based on advice. What he is doing is, is something, it's a nature that is inside such a soul. Somebody who is anointed to rebel against authority, who are not subject to authority, it can be a strength. There are spirits who are like that. That's their frame, their nature. They can raise a person. That, no matter how much you have, but you see, authority is good. You know, it's for all God. You're talking about your own. There's something inside of him. That when it's time, say, this is the bomb. Don't cross here. He feels like that's what he should do. It's a, it's a strength on the inside of him. Are you getting what I'm saying? So such a person, advice cannot work for such a person. Are you seeing what I'm trying to tell you? I'm trying to speak about God, God's nature. What makes God God is not just uh, it's, not, it's, more than, it's more than God just... Um, um, it's, not just, it's more than just choosing way of behaving. That's, it's more than that. What makes God God is, is, is more than that. God, God's nature is... There is, a, there is a, an oath of covenant. That the, the, in Hebrews, praise God, Hebrews speaks about it. When we're talking about how Jesus Christ was made. Yeah. See, this one was made not after the law of a carnal commandment, which was the kind of law that Paul was lamenting about in Romans chapter 7. Yes, well, he said, look, I've learned everything. I have the law and all that. But after, I still find another. There's another law. That, that, that one is stronger than the law of my mind. So after, I, I desire after the law of God, after my inward man. But there's still something else. It's, it's an installation inside my members. I, I cannot break free from. And then... In Romans, they were saying that that's not how Jesus Christ was made. Hmm. Not after the law of a carnal commandment, but it was, it's after the power of an, of an endless. endless life. That's what you call the, the power of an endless life. It's, it's something, that thing is the generator of, is, of God's strength. It's the generator of God's kind of righteousness. <laughs> Do you say that? And this is what Christianity is about. Christianity is not, let's, let's talk, talk your own. What, okay, what, how do you feel? About God. That's not Christianity. After we finish doing that, we'll go and do what we have been graced to do. So that's one thing that Paul was bringing. Paul was, was bringing the conversation. He began to teach that. See, the gospel is a gospel of power. This is a gospel of power. It's a gospel of power. What is power? Power that can change a man. What his nature is sworn to do. Something can come and interfere with that thing and Break it, break the, the resolve to do iniquity and change, you see, a soul who delights to do evil. 
can begin to delight to do good. Only power can do that. Say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. It's not the advice to, to be saved. It's not the, it's not the argument. It's the power. The power. Say power. power. The power of God unto salvation. To them that believe, to the Jew and then to, to the Greek, praise God. Say, for therein is what the righteousness of God, what? Revealed from what? From faith to, to faith. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so you see that why, why do you then need, why do you need, I'm just trying to make a case to you, why do you need blessing? Why do you need to be blessed? Why can't you just, based on assumptions concerning God, just try and live out, the, be good the best way you can be good? Why must there be blessing? Why must there be heavenly blessing? Because heaven, the way the knowledge of God sits in heaven, should I tell you guys something that there are things about God in heaven that you can still see from looking at the earth? This is where people miss it. When you look around the earth, you will see properties of God in different places. Even when you look at an unbeliever, he can even talk to you about God sometimes. If you, if you meditate well on some Bob Marley song, you can get born again. <laughs> Am I? One love. <laughs> One love, what? Let's get to no charity. <laughs> Praise God. But, but that one love, we can sing one love from Latin tomorrow, but... To attain one love, maybe I don't know who knows where he got one love from. Is, could it have been from, from maybe Ephesians chapter four? It's possible, <laughs> right? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and all of that, Amen. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Oh yeah, there's one faith, there's one Lord, one baptism. Maybe who knows? Maybe that's where he got it from. Or you, you can sing that from down to tomorrow. You can't, it's not easy for the soul to come into the actual state where you are able to keep the, co- the covenant of love. Because to keep covenant of love, it's not just, I, I, I will love now a decision. You can decide that, but not, not love. Do you know why? Because when you see love being perpetuated, it's for that to occur, dying must occur. You must be dying. You must be dying. There are things that seduce souls out of love must come and find you dead. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? The thing that seduces a soul out of love. You know, you, know, you can't love if you're not dead. That's one, one of the main things. You must die to love. You must die. You have to die. You have to die. You have to die. You have to die. Praise God. But one thing we know is that any death takes power. <laughs> Nobody can die without power. It's power that makes someone die. How did Jesus die? Power killed him. His father was downloading power. What is the power? Power to deny himself. Power not to live for himself. Power to lose his life. Imagine him being walking for the 30 years and then for years not thinking concerning himself. Just not thinking concerning. He wasn't, he wasn't thinking about saving his own self. It takes power to do that. 
Are you seeing that? So you're seeing that, that what makes men not align with God's standard is not because of lack of awareness. It's, that, it's the lack of ability. And then also, that thing called ability is, is what I'm saying, is the, the uniqueness of heaven's ministry. The uniqueness of heaven's ministry is that the ministry of heaven is not, heaven is not a radio station where they tell men what to do from. Heaven is a constellation of beings of power. That the way the message, the way heaven carries the knowledge of God is that it doesn't carry it void of the grace for that knowledge. It's not empty. Hey, can you guys, that's what, that one, the empty one, is what Moses got. Are you seeing the difference? Moses did not, wasn't able to bring heaven ministry to Israel. But instead, God said, we'll just do it somehow. Let's just copy the type for you. So God will say, God said, those things that ain't that heaven, what heaven ministers, let me now write it out, let me dictate it to you. That you can then write it on tablet of stone and write it in a book. And then I will also show you, um, you see how heaven is. The way beings are arranged in heaven. You know, the arrangement of beings. You know that what makes, what makes the, the order of heaven, what keeps heaven in its arrangement is not, um, is not brick and mortar. It's not like this house now. What is keeping this house is that you have cement. You, you have to mix the cement to, to glue the molecules of the, of the blocks together so that it will stand. The glue of heaven, why, why hasn't first heaven, second why hasn't the third heaven collapsed into the second heaven and the second into the first? Why hasn't it scattered? What is keeping it? It's not, it's not brick and mortar. It is laws in the beings. The beings who form the heaven. They are, there's something about their nature and their place. When Satan was the one who wanted to bring this order, they left, they removed him out of there. Do you understand what I mean? That, uh-huh. So what keeps heaven the way heaven is, praise God, is... So, so what, what the Lord was showing to, to Moses on the mountain, the Mount of Sinai, that was where he got the wisdom of building the tabernacle, is that they were, he said, he said he showed him, according to the book of Hebrew, the pattern of what? Heavenly, pattern of heavenly things. So they are showing him in heaven we have, oh, first heaven, outer court, second heaven, holy place, third heaven, most holy. So he was downloading the pattern. Are you seeing the pattern? He was showing him the pattern. This is how heaven is, so... So, based on the way heaven is, and I began to give him specific instruction concerning things he can put into the house to bring a type of heaven upon where? Upon the earth. And when he created the pattern, you see, through creating the pattern, he was able to bring a semblance of the glory of God upon the house that carry the pattern of heaven. Are you seeing that? 
He was able to bring a semblance of the glory of God to where upon the house, and then the glory was resting upon the, the, the testament that was written and all of that. But there was no glory upon the people. Praise God. There was no what? There was no, there was no glory upon the people. Because you can build a physical house according to pattern. Is that nothing to build a soul according to pattern? The Israelites didn't have the pattern of heaven. It was a house that was carrying it. So they have to, the house was higher than them. The house was more glorious than them. They have to come to the house to remove sin from them. <laughs> that was the Old Testament. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? <laughs> so that pattern, then what kind of a pattern is that? What kind of a pattern? Pattern that can deal with sin at, at least at a level. God was trying to show God, the Old Testament was God exalting something. What was God exalting? When you read the Old Testament, God was exalting the, the investment of light in heaven. That if... Paul, well, that was Paul's teaching, right? He was, was comparing the copy to the original. That if the copy can be like this, that's the of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And if that administration of death was glorious, how much more the administration of the Spirit? And when he was talking about the administration of the Spirit, he was talking about the epistle. He said, yeah, my epistle written upon the heart. He was talking about the inward work of that thing. The bringing, the, Paul was talking about his ministry. That the ministry is to bring the pattern into souls. Are you seeing that? To, to bring that pattern into soul. When you bring that pattern into soul, the soul will, will receive the glory. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, what are we talking about? This thing is there's still a lot of vagueness around the speech. Well, you know, we have to use speech, and because that's how the Bible is. We have, to, we have to keep using speech to describe this thing. Now, what does it mean to give a soul the pattern of heaven? We can, we can speak about this pattern, right? And you can know the pattern. Many of us, if I tell you, okay, come and draw the tabernacle for me, you can draw it. You know where the, the courts are. You know where the, the sanctuary is. You know where the menorah is. You know where those things are, you know. I know this is the... We can really read, we can read everything that God told to Moses. And then you can cram it. And then, now the fact that now, I call you Benji now, and I ask you, what is the length of the sanctuary? <laughs> Without reading your Bible, you will get up. Okay, what is the length of the sanctuary? <laughs> Don't worry. Okay. Well, you can get up and you can say, I say, okay, what is inside the most holy place? You see, like temple, raise up their hand. And then you get up, you say it. Aaron's rod that bordered, the ark of the covenant, the stones. What else there? The hidden manna. You can, you can, describe, you can describe that place entirely. You can, even, you can see it in your mind. Now, imagine if someone can stand up and say all those things. Do you have the pattern? No, no, we're not saying that you are eating a book. No, we're saying that inside your mind, you can stand up and talk about it. 
And then when you go, what I will say, ah, okay, when I say, okay, let's leave the, that. Let's now go to the main thing. I say, okay, can you describe the first heaven to me? And then you can now begin to describe where is the realm of principalities and powers and might and dominion and all of that. And then you can talk about seraphim. You can describe seraphims. Six wings. Everything you can describe. Now, let's say you can describe all those things from your head. Now, is it bad? That's what we are teaching. We are teaching you that. So it's not bad. It's when, you, when you describe, if you can describe that to me, I will clap for you. I will say, wow, you are awesome. You are, you are receiving the knowledge of the scripture. Which is what the Jews do. You know you think, you think Jews, they, they store their Bible here? This is not where their Bible is. So. From when a young age, they make sure their Bible is here. And then when they, they recite it, when they, they perfect recitation, they do a ceremony for them. You are Abraham's child. You know it. This is it. So it means that so a Jew that knows Tabernacle, first holy place, and then can describe all those things. And a Christian who can do the same, there's not too much difference. If that is all you know. Do you understand? So, that is not what they want to minister to you. But they can use that. The Holy Spirit can use that to minister what they want to minister to you. What is the real ministry? The ministry of heaven is the nature of the beings who are there. Is it clear? Is that, do you see a difference between those things? Now, through learning about them, now, not just learning in a scholarly way like the Jews do, but through learning about the pattern, through scripture, the, that's one of the gifts of the Bible. One of the gifts of the Bible is that when you take what is written, but don't handle it with a private interpretation, then welcome the writer who is the spirit, the, the being, the Holy Spirit, who wrote the text of all the pattern of heaven and say, now Holy Spirit, can you not come and teach me concerning these things? When the Holy Spirit begins to teach through the ministry of the Spirit, as the main, the main, one of the main reasons of the Holy Spirit ministry is to, to bring, like Jesus Christ said it, to bring, give the soul, not just the brain, not the memory, not the cerebra, is to give the soul of a person guidance into truth. That he will guide you. He will not speak of himself, what he hears, he will speak. For he will then take. This is not knowing scripture. This is not knowing what the tabernacle is. He said that, this is the John chapter 16. He said that, Jesus said, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. What does it mean? Does it mean they can't understand his language, what he's speaking? Is that what Jesus was saying? Was Jesus saying, oh, you, didn't, you don't understand? They're not, they were not speaking English, but 
Is there anything Jesus, they were mature grown-up men. They could understand the language. There's nothing Jesus will say to them that they cannot hear. And they can even take notes. And store the notes. But that's not what Jesus Christ was saying. He said, I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So it means that I could say them. After saying them, you don't have them. Are you seeing what, what I'm trying to say? That I could say them, but when I check, it's like pouring water into a basket. You mm. pour and you pour and you mm. pour. Yeah, did you pour water? Yeah, but is it there? It's not there. Okay. He said, why? Because you cannot bear them. I have things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. You cannot bear. But how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come? When he is come, the spirit of truth is come. It means that there's something about his, there's a way he, he ministers that he's able to, he's able to take, to take the spirit he can lift off what is mine. Now, I will ask you, what is that thing that is his? Let's read it. Let's quickly read that John chapter 16. Glory to Jesus. The Lord wants us to, be, to touch the ministry of the New Testament. This is the thing. See, this world that we are in right now, let me tell you guys something. This world that we are in, the kind of Christianity that people do now is becoming obsolete. And it's going to be, there's nothing you can do about it. You can, out of your emotional, effect, no, I like Christianity, it's going to go. Because very, very soon, men will begin to say that, what's the point of all these things? Is it money I want? I know how to make money. The preachers who are preaching about money, they don't have money like all these guys who are out there in the world. So why would I come to a preacher to learn how to make money? When there are guys who there who are actually making it. <laughs> Why don't I go to the guys there who have it to give me? So you see all these things that we have assumed Christianity to be about that it is not. You say, okay, well, but there are things that God can, only God can do. Maybe when you are sick, God can heal you. And the doctors say, look, medical science, we are just starting. The kind of inventions you will begin to see. If care is not taken, medical science might be able to bring someone back mm. who has been dead for some time. Mm. You think it's not possible? <laughs> it's very possible. After a while, they can create human beings. You see you now, they will go and create another you and bring you and say this is, and he will be talking to you. <laughs> see, when those things begin to happen, you see men begin to lose their faith. <laughs> People will begin to lose their faith because your faith has not been anchored on. If, if God to you is the guy who gives you, brings money when you don't have money. When you are sick, ah, God, please, ah, well, well, God is real, God is there. <laughs> if that is your proof that God exists, I'm so sorry to disappoint you. And that's why you see a lot of this nation now, churches are packing up. How many, you see giant, wow, you see beautiful church building, beautiful church building, awesome. You know that these places were places of worship before. I mean, when you see the glory of these churches, big buildings, see the cross on top, giant, massive. <laughs> I know that the guys who build such giant buildings, it's not, because, it's not just because they want to build something big. There were people who were attending those places in mass, in this same city of Ottawa. Some people who are here, who are so-called 80s and all that, some of them, their grandparents, great-grandparents, they serve God with their life. This was a Christian nation. Churches were full. But after a while, when you say, what, what, what I'm going to pray for, to God for, government can give me for free. 
things that people fast for all the day. What, after a while, you say, man, no, let's leave all these things, though. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? And it's going to happen even more, even more, even more, even more, even more. He was talking about God, talking about his weight. Yes. If, if so, if you are a Christian, you don't receive the weight of God. After a while, the evil of the, the evil, the evil of the day will override the, any shallow Christianity will not be able to stand Praise God. God wants to raise a church, a church that can do, the church that will have relevance in these times is a church that can do what men cannot do. You see the areas where men fail at. As technology is advancing, nations are becoming wealthier. Even though you say inflation and all that, forget that. We are enjoying. The whole world is enjoying. If you listen to media, I mean, you will get things confused, but don't listen to those guys. Every people on the earth are the most richest that human beings have ever been since the history of the world. No generation on the earth has ever been as rich as the generations of the earth today. In any way you want to measure, mention it, access to food, health care, other people still suffering, yeah, but there are no people on the earth now who are suffering more than their ancestors suffered. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Productivity has increased. Just take your own life, for example. Decades ago, you, things that you couldn't even imagine was only a dream before. You have your telephone, everything on your hand. You have TV, you have everything on, on your screen. You just wake up and just shower. Someone will just park in front of your house. You just open the back seat and enter inside and go wherever, go wherever you want. Is that not your life today? That was life before that only the rich of the rich used to enjoy. Am I lying to you? So when it comes to natural things, the world, the world is getting better and it's going to continue. In fact, the, after when, when the Antichrist comes, it's not going to be horns. No, no, it's going to be a very nice, sweet guy. I'll tell you, look, have a plan for your children. They will, when he paints the image of the life he has, without, are you getting what I'm saying? It's not... That's what makes some guys not go to church anymore when they come from third world, they come here. Because all the things they pray for when they come here is free. <laughs> so, no more prayer points. Why are we going to church? They say, ah, but there are some things that the world can know. Ah, cancer. Can doctors cure cancer? It's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. The cure will come. Those are, not the, that's not, those are not the reason. That's not what God is to man. 
That's not what God is. But there are problems that all our technological advancement cannot solve. And the world has no solution to it. What would make a human being go to his school and kill all the kids there? Gather all the scientists together, United Nations, and bring them and tell them, what is the problem of this guy? Can they tell you? <laughs> it's clearly not that he's hungry, that he has no food to eat. It's clearly not that he has no... <laughs> Praise God. He's talking about so. Nobody has an answer. Go to all the universities, they cannot tell you his problem. They can't, they, can't ex- they can't tell you the depravity of the soul. The wickedness of the heart of man. That, that place is a secret to all of the strobes and all of the instruments of science. Cannot, cannot tell you about that. As technology is increasing, people are getting better. Life is getting better, easier. You feel like, wow, families should be happier. Marriages should be together. Husband and wife should be able to be, you know, we go to the park together, we come back together and all that. Things should be nicer, but what? Souls are getting divorced at rates that, and then the so-called shrinks have no solution. The psychologist himself, that might be his third marriage. I mean, the one who is counseling. <laughs> You're talking about soul problems. Like, do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Those, are, those areas, what? Now, because those are the, the things that need power to solve. Power. What can, the power of God is that which men cannot do. Men are helpless concerning their nature. Are you, getting, are you, seeing, where, are you seeing the area the church which will excel in? The church will, take, the church will be able to take a wretched soul. And repair the soul. Repair the soul. How you are import new nature. You bring a, a soul who is wicked and helpless. A man who is helpless that he cannot help himself. And he, when he comes into the house of God, comes into the house of God. I love the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 2. It says, it shall come to pass in those days. When the mountain of the Lord's house shall be lifted up above every other mountain. And then all nations shall flow into it. They will say, come here. Let us go into the house of the God of Jacob. For he will teach us his law. And make us know his way. For out of Zion shall flow forth the law. And the word of the Lord. Unto what? Jerusalem. Then he now began to speak about how nations no longer fight nations. They will beat their swords into plowshares and all of that. Why? Because all the things that cause enmity, the, the law of God out of his house will heal them Amen. to bring healing to the nations. Amen. Amen. Some God, they need to open our eye to see the end of this ministry, the end of the New Testament ministry. The end of New Testament ministry is not corruptible things. It's to deliver the nature of incorruption to the soul. It's to raise men who have so much value that money cannot buy what they have. 
say, what will it profit a man to sell the whole world, to gain the, the whole world, sorry, and then lose his soul? Or what will a man give in what? In exchange. In exchange. A man cannot give anything in exchange. For so that if a man spends his soul on the earth and gains everything, later he will cry. Later he will cry. He will cry because he will realize his wretchedness. I actually don't have anything. They want to open your eye toward the ministry. What is the ministry? They want to, they want to open our eyes to the, the light which God. Let's see this John chapter 16 very quickly. Amen. We'll be rounding up very soon. Rounding up soon. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 16. He says, verse 12, he says that, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. But how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into what? All truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And then he will do what? Show you things to come. And he shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and what? And shall show it to you. Now, what is mine which he will receive? Verse 15, that all things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine, and what? And show it unto you. Praise God. So, all the things which the Father hath, amen, are the things of his property, if you ask me, what are the, the properties of the Father? They call him, they said, every good and every perfect gift cometh down from where? From above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no what? Variableness, nor shadow of turning. So, every good and every perfect gift, those are the things which the Father had. The, the Father doesn't have any other kind of gift. Say, so if you've been, you been evil, know how to give good gifts to your own children. How much more with the Heavenly Father? Are you getting what I'm saying? So he says, all these good and perfect gifts, they come down from the Father of light. So the Father of light means that what he, he, his benefit is light. What, he ha- what does God have to give every soul? What God has to give the soul is what? Is light that can deal with the darkness which souls have. I'm saying that if God has light, now he's the father of light, that is a, that's, that is a, that is a statement that you have to demystify de- de- a little. Now, the father, every father is a father of life, right? When you say, I am a father, it's, what makes you a father is that you produce life, Right? You, or you, the, what makes you a father is your ability to produce life after your kind. When you, you produce life after your kind, you say you are a father of that thing. Amen. So, but they call him the father of light. So it means that when, the, when he's producing life, the, the, but they're talking of what he produces with respect to his gift. So not just producing for himself, He's talking about his fatherhood role, right? That is tied to his benevolence. That every good and perfect gift cometh down from above, from the father of light, with whom there is no variableness. Praise the Lord. So he who gives good and perfect gift means the gift of the father is light. 
Of course, the gift of the Father is his life, but the way he gives his life is by light. Is by light. Praise the Lord. What is light? Light means understanding. Do you see that? It's not just any understanding. Like I said, it's the understanding of life. How do you know a light came from God? Is that it, it, it translates into you receiving what? Receiving life. Praise God. So if he covered himself, Psalm 104, let's quickly go back there. Verse 2, it says that who covereth thyself with light? Who covereth thyself with light as with what? A garment. And who stretches out the what? The curtain, the heavens like a curtain. Who layer the beams of his chambers in the waters? Who maketh the cloud his chariot? Who walketh upon what? The wings of the wind. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I want to think about heaven now. Um, so, it's very clear. I think I've made a case for you um, why heaven, that heaven is just a light. Or it's the light that God has, has, has constructed that um, should, 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 a, give, should be a covering or a, an explanation. When you say covering, what does that mean? Covering... Uh, is um, thank you Jesus may the Lord open our understanding thank you Father so the covering the covering of a thing is that which you need to uncover to get him right so God's covering is what you need to uncover so if you want to get to God you can't get to God without uncovering heaven. That's the whole, the whole idea of God being in heaven. And that's just all they're trying to tell you. Is that arrangement of God is not because God just wants to hide somewhere. He's talking about it's the scripture is trying to, to introduce the soul to the ministry of God. God wants to come to the soul. That's how, and that's the end of the Bible. You see, all the, the, the tabernacle of God is with man, chapter 21 of Revelation. And then they will, they will dwell with him forever and all of those things. Praise God. But to do that, God has to, God has to stretch out a, a heavens like a curtain. It has to stretch out its covering. It means all the things that must be uncovered is the exploit of a soul. Praise God. To get to God. That if any soul who will not take this journey. So God took, what does a soul need to know to get to me? Let's take all that thi- those things and make it into a heaven. Do you understand what I mean? We're talking about the spiritual heaven. Is, let's take about all the nature properties of a soul that want to come into tabernacling with me forever. That what are the nature properties that they need to come into? Let's take all those things and make it into a heaven. Furnished with beings who bear the, the essence of those things. So when you sum up those beings, they are called, they are a light. Say light. So he covereth himself with light as doth a garment. That light is the light which every person coming to him must uncover. So every soul who will join into God, to such a soul, Heaven must be uncovered to them. That is the understanding of the 
what is in that covering, that's the, one of the main school of the Bible. It's, the, it's through the Spirit who uncovers, who brings the revelation of the heavens. Is the Spirit of God showing it, showing it, showing it, showing it. So learning of heaven by the Spirit is learning natures. Learning of heaven by the Spirit is learning nature. So there's a way that this school might have been kept a bit far or esoteric from the soul, that you've not been able to come into the full learning, the encounter, the teaching of heavenly ministry or heavenly teaching as encounters associated with them. That the encounters of such ministry is to replicate the essence of the nature of the heavenly things, of the heavenly beings inside what? The soul of a person. If you don't have that sense, you, will know, you, will get, you can easily get lost. Say, oh, why are you talking about heaven, this heaven, that heaven? You don't understand that. What they are, everything they are telling you is for our natures. As they are teaching you, you should be discerning natures, heavenly natures. Praise the Lord. Do you see that? Praise God. Am I making some sense to you? Do you agree with what I'm saying? So the the entire book of Revelation is heavenly revelation. It's heavenly. Right? Like we were saying last time that after they give him the preamble, the summary, the introduction of what he wants to do in the churches. Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 3. He spoke to the churches that he wrote their works and he summarized what it is is lacking in the churches and what the churches need to do. And that if they overcome, then I will grant this, I will grant this, I will grant this. If you overcome, I will grant all these things to you. Then it was not time for him to, to, to receive the revelation, the fullness of the revelation. Then for that to happen, he say a door opened in heaven and a voice saying to you, come up here come up here. He had to journey into heaven. So the, the vision of John was a heavenly vision and everything that John was seeing where he was seeing things in heaven. And so he was, he was, they were teaching him heaven. He was just seeing heaven, 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 heaven. Everything they were teaching John was heaven. And, they, and John, they taught John heaven until they finished the revelation of heaven. Then the heaven passed away. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's what made heaven to pass away. The first heaven and the first earth to pass was the consummation. First of all, the, the knowledge of the seals began to break. Are you good? And then in his, his vision, he was seen, he was in heaven, receiving a heavenly revelation. But things in heaven were affecting things on the earth. They began to show him secret of how things in heaven. Opening of a seal, you saw horsemen coming out. By virtue of horsemen, things were being affected on the earth. They affected the trade. They affected the commerce. They affected the livestock. They affected the, the botanical aspect of the earth. Are you getting what I'm saying? They, amen. So when you go through that revelation, you're seeing they were, they, are showing, they were showing John the revelation of heavenly things which heaven archives. Then when it got to the end, after they finished the seals and then the thunders began to utter. And then when they, they uttered, they said the mystery, at the mystery, at the breaking of the last the trumpet, he said, the mystery of God is finished. 
What does it, why, what does it mean for the mystery of God? It means that the unveiling of heaven the, is the uncovering of heaven. Is the uncovering of the mystery of God. That what mystifies God is heaven. The mystery of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So if, if they try, if God wants to come and say, this is who I am. I want to tell you about who I am. And he starts talking. You cannot, you cannot understand what he is saying until you've understood what is inside principalities, powers, might, and dominion. What is, is inside the nature of seraphims and cherubims. All of those things. Are you seeing all of those things? If you've not understood the, the, these, those natures, in those realms of heaven is hard. It means that to you, the mystery of God has not yet been uncovered. You can, you've not graduated to. So it's not really about, you see, you see, you see souls, as where is God? I want to know God, God, but they refuse heavenly ministry. And then when you see them, they are in love with the earth. Talk finances, they know. Talk everything else. I'm not against the finances God. Amen. That's not the point here. We're talking about what has the devil cheated men from because of darkening understanding and bringing alienation from the life of God. Alienation from the what? Life of God. So any, any soul, no, no soul can know God without Enjoying heavenly ministry. Yeah. Or what, heavenly ministry is what they call blessing. Let heaven talk to you. Yeah. Let heaven speak to you. Let them tell you. Let, let, let your heart be availed and open to receive the ministration of things that come from above. Paul was talking about the wisdom which is from above. He was, he was contrasting it with the wisdom of the earth. Praise Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So you are seeing the, the, the ministry of the mystery. Let's go back to Paul. We can end with uh, Paul. We have, we have just a few minutes now. Thank you, Jesus. Now, this understanding is, that's one of the things you begin to, to see when you read 1 Corinthians. The book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians was Paul introducing the Corinthian church to the, to the, the ministry of mysteries. He's introducing them to the ministry of mystery. That's the, whole, the book of 1 Corinthians, that any some souls are too holy for mystery. They say all these things you are doing. Is that, uh, yeah, let's see. Look, let's look. There are things to do, man. Uh, praise God. Some souls look. When it comes to mystery, mommy, mystery concerning God is a waste. Why are you wasting time? But in the same mind, can have you have you ever solved? Have you ever tried to solve? Um, that, uh, I was not, it's not even calculus now. You can't find the highest math in calculus. Third order differentiation, okay. <laughs> What's the hardest kind of... Have you ever done that kind of math before? Calculus in 3D. 
you see a brain, a brain can, can sow their mind to, to learn that. Uh, what is differentiation? Differentiation is just, you're learning how, how does matter move? That's all you are learning, though. The tediousness of them. When it's time to learn God, it's, oh, God is, God is not that complex. God is good. So we know that he's good. Just pray to him and all of that. You're talking about the maker of the universe. Who, has, who made you to know him? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> so Paul had stole. And it's at this Corinthian church, when you read 1 Corinthians, there are some things that stand out in 1 Corinthians. One of the things that stand out is their carnality. That's one thing that is, that one is very, very, is, that's, that's one of the things, praise God. You know what Paul said of the Ephesian church? It's not the same story. You know, ahead of your love and your, no, no, no. These guys, they, were, they eat carnality. They do all kinds of things. There's no area carnality is not entering into. Even in the way they handle ministry of the Spirit. Yeah. Even Holy Ghost that they give to them, they use it for what? <laughs> Imagine First Corinthian church when tongues will just come. This one is giving tongue. That one is giving tongue. The other one is giving tongue. The other one is giving tongue. At the same time, it's not, it's not one after the other. <laughs> Praise God. Then those like, like 10 are giving tongue, like another five are prophesying on the other side. Promotion, all kinds. Why? What's that? Now, a gift of the spirit, but imagine when, when flesh is using gift of the spirit. It's another thing altogether. <laughs> what does that mean? It means that this one cannot hold, it can, can't wait. Let's hear the other one's tongue. Let me be blessed by the other one. Let me hold my own first. <laughs> it doesn't have the ability to do that. Because the flesh is too weak. <laughs> so when I came, I couldn't feed you with meat as unto spiritual, but I, as unto what? I fed you with milk as babes. For were you not yet carnal? I was talking to them as carnal Christians. So, so when Paul now began to, he was, so this Paul, 1 Corinthians, was, he was trying to minister to these carnal Christians who don't, they, don't, they don't serve a spiritual thing. So he first of all had to now he started with trying to remind them of and to state the importance of, of mystery. So it's very clear to you that only mysteries are the door out of carnality. Mystery, there's so much. When the soul settles to learn the mystery of God, there's so much about you that must be tamed for you to be faithful with the mystery of God. Well, you cannot be unruly. You cannot be presumptuous. You, otherwise, you will fail when it comes to understanding of mystery. The attitude of, in Isaiah 28, when they are talking about how souls are journeying from babyhood, they said that, who will he teach knowledge? It's not everybody. They, have to, they are looking for them. Who will he teach knowledge? Who will he teach knowledge? Who? Who? Who would? The prophet was asking. Who would they teach knowledge? Who would they cause to understand doctrine? Him that is weaned from milk, that has been drawn from breast. How do you test that they are weaned from milk and drawn from breast? They can take the dealing of precept upon precept. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here it's true. 
Can you ever tell the baby here a little? Uh. <laughs> By the time you look, put this precept, you are bringing the other one. In fact, this one has gone since. That the baby has left <laughs> everything. The, 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 ministry, the ministry of knowledge. Who will he teach knowledge? Who will he teach knowledge? Who will he teach knowledge? Christians are, are, we are shouting, God, da, 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 da. But what? Shouting in babyhood. Because many of us, we, we, we don't like the kind of discipline and strength we have to learn the things of this world. We don't have that kind of, de- of diligence to learn God. When the preacher starts preaching, 45 minutes, one hour, this is somebody that can stay under in the PhD class for, and then when the prof is done, they will pursue him. When he's going to his office, they say, sir, but there's that, uh, that other side. <laughs> he's not tired. And then when he finishes, maybe he will spend like two hours in the prof's office. Then he will just go home, just take his coffee and his biscuit and everything, and just open his laptop. And then... He's not tired. And maybe his PhDs might be PhDs on cockroach. How cockroach, how cockroach will produce. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Spirituality is when they when it's time to for knowledge. A spiritual soul has is framed is framed, is framed to know. We're not talking about spirituality of we're talking about we're talking about a profession like like Paul handled it. This man when you, we, we like the miracle and all that of Paul, but what about his doctrine? What about his what about his patience in the knowledge of God? It's easy to read that well, seeing this, that we're seeing abounded. How did he get there? What kind of school did they train Paul to? To write a thesis on sin, explain sin, explain grace, explain faith. It wasn't, those things are not in the Old Testament. What kind of school of the Spirit was he, did he go to? To know those things about God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, so spiritual ministry, like Paul was doing here, in, if you read through chapter one, you see, let's just quickly read it. He was talking about, it was first of all, you have to first of all downplay the wisdom of this world. That's one of the first things you do. When babies have been, when you see babies who have been babies for too long, you know, there's a time, being a baby is not bad. It's like maybe you, me going to my daughter when she's like six months old and say, why are you acting like a baby? Won't you grow up? <laughs> Every time, just crying, crying, all that. Don't you know that this world is a serious place? <laughs> do you know how this roof came about your head? I can't do that to my six-month-old. <laughs> because being a baby, all carnality is not bad. Carnality is not, carnality is a phase. Someone got born again, they are carnal. That's okay, that's a state of being carnal. The problem is I don't be carnal for 20 years. That's the problem. Say, my God is good, he gave me money. First two months after you got born again, 
20 years after you got born again. Hey, hey, my God is good. Oh. And that's all your Christianity. Something is wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm talking about. So these first Corinthians, they are not, they are not legitimate babies. They are babies with beds and um, <laughs> so to, to, to deliver this kind of babies, their problem, their problem is that when the door of mystery, seriousness, how, you cannot raise somebody from a baby without introducing mystery to them. I'm sure the first time I, I decided teaching my daughter one, two, three, I mentioned like, what, are, what is this one, two, what is what is one, two? To her, that's a mystery. Three, four. Why do you have to follow that order? What's that thing all about? It's just one, two, three. But if you don't begin to introduce mystery to a baby, they will not grow out of that. After a while, you have to begin to introduce them that there's an order to life. You can't just be shouting and rolling all the time. After a while, calm down, calm down. Sometimes you can sit down and not do anything. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> now, do you know that sitting down in one place can be a mystery to a child? That can be one of the biggest mysteries to a child. It's a, it's a dealing. It's pain, punishment. And to make her, if we don't introduce ministry, like to my daughter, if I don't start introducing mysteries to her, her brain will not develop. From counting one to ten, she has to now count one to twenty. She has to now know the alphabet. At first, alphabet, she sang it. A, B, C, D, it was just a song at first. But after a while, a song must turn into letters. Then after a while, she could now begin to recognize, this is that A we were singing. B, that's C. Then we now, she now knew A, B, C, D. Then after a while, you now bring an, an A that's not like this, but it's like this. There's, there's a different, how is this A too? If that's A, how is this one also? So no, say this big letter A, this mystery. That's how you grow from a baby. You cannot grow some, you can't push something from a person or a living thing from being a baby to being mature without mystery. You must introduce mystery. So who will he teach knowledge? Who will he cause to understand doctrine? It has been weaned. It must be weaned from the milk. It's a fight. It's a war. They will war with you to stay with milk, but you must wean them from the milk. You must draw them from the breast. It's fight. Draw. That's what, what mystery does. Mystery draws the soul from breast. Draw you out of the breast to come and learn precept what? Upon what? The, the natures of these beings, we can't go, go too much into 1 Corinthians. We'll, we'll visit that later. The natures of these beings who he want, you need to capture, they are, too, they are too quick and too slippery. It, take, it takes diligent study for, for some time for maybe there's a particular thing heaven wants to bless you with. It can be an attitude in God. Something they want to bless you with. They can start you with meditating on the mystery of it. 
talking about maybe beings and patterns on the scripture that surround that kind of principle. When you first of all hear it, it might, first sound, it might just be a story in the Bible that just told you. And then you commit it to your memory. You hear it again, you remember it, you can, you can narrate it. But at that level, you've not really received the blessing. In other words, the, the, the beings in the spirit who carry that thing as a nature, they have not yet blessed you. But when you keep meditating on that thought, and sometimes through the ministry of the word, that same aspect can be spoken about in different ways. Sometimes maybe in the, in the language of Jesus, he may have touched it somewhere. Maybe Paul was teaching, he was taught it. Some, so maybe you can go to the Old Testament, the pattern, there's something he speaks concerning that thing. You are still here. You might not have connected anything too much, but by, by, by meditation, true meditation, after some time, upon that thought that you've been diligent with, the Holy Ghost will now issue a breath upon it. It can release something. The moment of blessing is when your heart from the revelation, from the riches of the revelation, can touch the nature. You see the nature, not just in a concept way. You see it as a new aspect of you that, that and it lands in you as a way of being that there is no reasonable argument against being that way anymore. It's not inherited. It sits in you. The Holy Ghost will pour it as grace. Are you saying you, you journey from story in the Bible, from revelation, from things that seem maybe not unrelated, different abstract things, but you don't know there's a ministry behind it. There's a being called the Holy Ghost. He knows how to do it. He says, oh, why is, teacher, why is he dwelling here? Why is he touching on this? These things seem they're not related to why, what does this have to do with God? You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. It's called the ministry of the Spirit. For I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither has he entered into the heart of any man what God has prepared for them that love him. But he has what? Revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yeah, even the deep, you cannot search it. It's the spirit that does that. Even the deep what? Things. And neither has he entered into the heart of any man. It doesn't just come, but it comes by what? Spiritual what? Revelation. Let's just begin to bless God. And however this message ministered to you, just talk to him. In your heart. And uh, there's some of us, they are, they are initiating our heart to settle into this the way, this way of pursuit of God. It's either we'll pursue God or not. If we are not, let's go home, let's go and play, let's go and do other things. But if we want to know God, it's very clear that it's true spiritual ministry. And spiritual, spiritual ministry is heavenly. Our heart must be willing to Follow the path, follow the pattern, follow the leading, be subject to the dealings of the ministry of revelation. Just begin to pray and just, just begin to pray and connect. I want you to connect a blessing today. That is, these are not just words that are being said, but the Holy Spirit can bless your heart. It can really bless your heart. There are, there are doors that they can open. They can open doors. These are powerful doors. Doors of change, doors of transformation, doors of becoming, coming into new things, new things, new, new natures, new aspects, new properties of the nature of God, which you ought to bless us with. Just begin to pray. Say, Lord, 
open my heart. Open my heart. Open my heart up. Make me open to blessing. I want to be open to heavenly blessing. Make the heaven over me pregnant. Impregnate the heaven over my soul. But I don't want to be void of blessing. I don't want my heart to be void of heavenly conversation. Open up my heart. Make my life blessed. Make me full of blessing. Make me full of blessing. Make my heart full of blessing. Cause your rain, your rain, your rain, your rain, your rain. Surround me. Surround me with rain. Surround me with rain. Surround me with waters. Surround my soul with more. Flood my soul. Flood my heart with blessing from heaven. With blessing from above. Flood my soul. Flood my soul. Flood my soul. Flood my soul. Just begin to cry. Say, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy. Have mercy. Make my heart compatible with blessing. I want my heart to be compatible with blessing. Anything, any frame, any way of thinking, every way of reasoning, everything in me that is contrary to the blessed life, come and begin to deal with them. Let mercy, let mercy take care of them. Come and cause the mercy to tune me, to tune my heart, to change my disposition, to change my posture. Just begin to praise the Lord. Come and help me and expose my heart to heavenly ministry. Expose my heart to heavenly ministry. Expose my heart to heavenly ministry. Manteriose parugaraboske. Roparabasam prearabasote carigoskerion de sobrevedetore gerosa. Lampata parupeta proske pato pretori mangerioskeribozote veredoske. Ropento emprento somprente reprote supreteke. Lo prasa tarabazu prantarabazori erebosco erebosa. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, Lord. Have mercy on me. No Kresakarabosa. Reta Santa Matenta Mata Mata Pate. Mata Pate Mata Pata Pate. Meta Pate 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 Pate. Begin to bring days of visitation. Moments of visitation. Hours of visitation. Matele Pasabraha. Days of encounters with heaven. Encounters with heaven. Bring down heavenly ministry into my heart, into my life. Manterio Seprakuta Labosa. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. We bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Father, we thank you today. We give you praise. Thank you. We know you have spoken to us. 
Lord, this uh, your word, we have endeavored to fetch your thoughts this morning. Lord, I'm asking and praying for every, vo- every person who's under the sound of my voice, every heart, every soul, every being. I pray let no one go without, let, them, let everyone cut a portion of this ministry, oh God. That from today, heaven will not be silent to any soul. I pray, oh God, that you begin to move us into seasons of blessing. Begin to move us into blessed season, times when heaven will begin to release its rain upon our soul and upon our heart. Flood us with light. Flood us with light. And Father, by your light, oh God, may we come into your life. No more alienation or separation from your life. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray you will give us the grace for faithfulness to pursue you how you desire to be followed, to pursue you. To make you our very one desire and our very one pursuit. Father, we thank you. We obtain mercy. We obtain mercy. We obtain mercy. We come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and to find grace to help even in this time of need. Thank you, our God. We give all the praise to your holy name. We reverence you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.